episode 143, 3D printing dentistry and chiropractic referrals. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we are calling Lathrop's Perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back. I am pumped that you are tuned into a doctor's perspective. I've been busy. I created some more quick reference guide PDFs. One of them is the marketing. It's uh, six episodes. You can go to doctorsperspective.net slash top marketing. One word, top marketing. So that way you can learn about like online reviews, video creation, content creation, vlogging, blogging, and those types of things. In fact, one of them was in the top of 2018. And then another series that I was able to do a PDF for is the Cash PT. So a doctorsperspective.net slash Cash PT. We had a series, uh, it was only three weeks. And then a few weeks later, I was able to get another doctor on who has an amazing podcast that was one of the catalysts for me to create this one a long time ago. And so he was on it. So anyway, it's four weeks of cash practice, physical therapy. We call that fee for service. I mean, in fact, most of the dentists that I just interviewed for this dental series that you're listening to right now, their fee for service as well are cash based. And you can find a quick reference PDF for this at .net slash dentist with an S. Well, Dr. Lathrop is such a generic buzzword, cutting edge, but like for real, his technology, he's able to digitally scan your mouth. So like if you ever like busted a tooth out, you could replace that tooth pretty much exactly how you had it versus guessing. If you needed a special implant, he'll do some fancy impression work and he can 3D print it right there. So you're not in your mouth. Oh, that didn't quite fit. Shaving it, putting some glue and all this kind of stuff. No, it's going to be like almost a nearly perfect fit because he was able to get a good scan and then print it. Pretty amazing. And we'll also talk about referrals. And as a chiropractor, as a physical therapy, you know, we're always looking for uh, people that can refer to us and, you know, we refer back to them. And so he gave like an amazing idea, one that he utilizes in his office. You know, if somebody grinds, they're going to have mouth pain, neck pain, headaches, and uh, it can create poor motion in the spine because of all this muscle stuff. And so, you know, he can do a uh, temporary fitting if it helps, as well as a chiropractic, getting adjusted. All of a sudden, boom, this patient's like, wow, these things are going away. Awesome. Now we can actually put the permanent solution in your mouth and take care of both. So um, definitely want to tune in. He'll give you some mock scripts of like how to approach, what to say, and in both fields. Like if you're a dentist looking for a chiropractor, if you're a chiropractor looking for to build these relationships, if you're a chiropractor looking to build these relationships in your hometown. So, uh, and then at the end, we discuss why he causes staff team members as well as why there's not an official only front desk person. There's a uh, three or four good reasons to not have somebody just be there, uh, including like blackmail and extortion, but also it's a better patient experience when everybody is cross-trained. And at the end, on the relationship part, he talks about a conference that he's going to go to and I'll let him talk more about that. So all the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 143. Thanks again for tuning into the dental series. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and Katy, Texas. Today on the show, we're going to continue our dentist series with Dr. Colin Lathrop. 
He's a guy that specializes in sedation, cosmetic implants, and those type of like higher end, I would say, dental procedures. And we're also going to discuss some things like, what does no front office mean exactly? Not having a dedicated person. And we're going to chat with an interesting higher level practice referral relationship that he has with ENTs and chiropractors and how that branches off for pretty much everybody's benefit, which is kind of unusual. So I'm really excited to have him on the show and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. All right. Well, you know, we always got to have the obligatory why dentistry, but we'll take it a step further and say you could have just been a general dentist, kind of stayed in that lane, but instead you've kind of branched out into the higher end, I would say, more non-insurance-based dentistry. So how did, how did all that play out? Well, you know, you get bored doing basic stuff, and um, the difficult stuff pays a lot better. So after, <laughs> after doing it for a while, you know, you just kind of evolve into that. So the previous associateship that I worked in, it was a, a higher fee uh, with a high volume, uh, kind of trying to focus on larger cases and that sort of stuff. And so I really enjoyed, you know, watching the guy that I worked for doing those cases. I thought, you know, when I start up my own practice, I want to do everything for everyone, but also try to evolve into more so doing these higher level, very difficult cases. And you get a lot of personal satisfaction from doing those, you get financial satisfaction as well. It's just an evolution. You know, I see dentists who've been doing it for 15, 20 years. They did the same garbage that they were doing one and two years out of dental school. They just never changed, never evolved. And unfortunately, their patients actually suffer, you know, because of that, you know, by not having the best techniques or the best materials or, or best solutions to common dental problems, you know, presented to them. So, you know, if they don't know how to do it or don't want to do it, then they can refer it out. But, you know, don't kind of shortchange your patients just because of your own ignorance, I guess. So yeah, it's just been an evolution after taking a bunch of CE courses and just learning more and more and more in depth and kind of finding my path of things that I, I gravitate towards. That's how I ended up where I am now. That's interesting because you got to take continuing ed every year anyway, just like every other medical profession. So why not take something very interesting or learning about new composite metals, learning about implants, learning about something that you aren't that great at yet, and something that actually can get paid better for i don't really understand why they wouldn't do that well you've got these these guys and it, and it happens it's not just dentists it happens all over you know they, they, they finish school they're now a doctor i think they know everything and they're going to sit in their own little private world or their private little kingdom and and just kind of they, they want to take whatever qualifies their licensure requirements and it's in some like vacation place and that's it they don't bring any of those skills back and nice. it's it's really kind of productive because they end up working a lot harder for a lot longer that way. If you can find courses to increase your skill set in a safe way for your patients and for your practice to where you, know, you do it responsibly, then you can get better and better faster and faster to where you can do more work in less time with, with the same or even higher level of quality. Um, or you can do harder things it takes longer, but you get uh, you know paid a lot better for it. Um, and then if you do that for you know however long, and you're good with your money, then you don't have to do this for you know till you're eighty. You know, so so yeah, you, you have to balance the benefit of the education to you know the cost as far as you know you're away from the office, so you lose money there. You, know, you have your tuition of your course and your hotel and all that kind of stuff. Right. But but by and large benefit far outweighs that measly cost if you pick good high quality CE 
and you actually apply it and use it. If you take the courses and you don't apply any of that stuff, you just flushed a bunch of money down the drain. That's that's pretty dumb. But doctors routinely do it. You know, that's just a, that's just a personal hangup that that people have. I think. Well, yeah. When I was when I was out of school, there was a technique I was doing. And if you went to the seminar, you could stay certified. But if you stopped going, then you couldn't be certified anymore. And after a couple of years, I was like, man, this, it felt like I wasn't like progressing anywhere. So I just was like, forget it. I'm done with this. And I took classes that I wanted to take. And uh, one year I just had to get, I was coming from China to America and I had to just get a, an education class. It was so brutal to just sit through a 12 or whatever hour, 15 hour weekend seminar of just stuff that you don't care about, that you just like needed to punch the, punch the CE clock that that year. I was like, this is brutal. I don't know how people do this every year and have just no passion for what they're learning. <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah, and you're not effective because you're, you're not going to learn the more if you're not paying attention. You know, if it's something you're really passionate about and you really love to do, you're going to learn. You're going to be so good at it. And then when you get back on Monday or Tuesday, whenever you get back to your office, then you know, you're going to be excited about, about looking for those cases and, and using that new knowledge pretty quickly. And you know, it's, just, it's just better for you, better for your patients, better for your practice. So why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. What would you say, as far as the, the procedures that you do, what's the most challenging that, that you encounter? Uh, usually that would be my combination cases. Uh, I will do Invisalign to straighten out the teeth. Um, like I had a lady, I, did, I finished her Invisalign. She's missing like four teeth. And I, I created a uh, surgical guide for implants. I printed it off in my, my printer in my lab. Place it in, place the implants, tie up the tissue closer. She's looking fantastic. And then what she's healing for a while now, so we're maintaining her and Invisalign holding retainers. And then she'll be ready for me to make teeth for her in, uh, in a few more months. So it's just coordinating those things, especially these t- cases that take a long time because you have to wait on biology of healing, um, especially bone healing takes a while. So those can be challenging because a lot can go wrong between those three months while the, I guess, the screw that goes into the bone has to heal. You don't know what the patient might do to mess it up as well, I'm assuming. Right. She can stop wearing her holding retainers, and she doesn't have these key teeth that hold her bite. You know, and the teeth can start shifting into a position that makes the implants themselves not the best to make nice-looking teeth on. Ah. You know, that's sort of where she can move. And she can move to, like, California or some awful place. And, um, and then call us up and go, oh, yeah, by the way, I moved. And, um, yeah, I need to do this so that he can make my teeth. Like, oh, well, um, you have all these technical considerations and this and that. And, um, Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, right? So, yeah, that, that gets tough. Uh, patient expectations is a tough thing for most. And that you have to overcome that with, with clear communication and documentation mainly. And then that, that becomes kind of a... Um, non-issues. I talk to patients before these big, long, drawn-out cases to make sure they're not moving and they understand that, that if they move, then they have to fly back for me to finish because they've already paid. And that's on them. You know, uh, you change you change the arrangement, not me. I'm still here. Oh, that's interesting. That's true. It was one big case. Right, yeah. And the pre-chat, you mentioned 3D printing. What exactly are you 3D printing? Oh, um, so... We'll print a lot of different stuff. We will print, um, like I said, implant uh, surgical guides, which makes your implant placement more accurate, uh, more efficient, 
uh, more profitable, really, because you, you can spend 25 minutes placing three implants versus hour and a half, two hours, uh, drilling a little bit, taking an X-ray to confirm, drilling a little bit more, all this other stuff. The old manual analog check stuff we had to do to, to make sure that our, our accuracy was, was pretty good, um, doing it manually. So now it's really well automated. Um, I, I designed all my own surgical guides as far as the guides themselves, the position of the implants being placed and all that sort of stuff. So I know all the all the issues. I've, I've done a... Uh, so you got fancy technology, digital, some kind of implant uh, impressions and all kinds of stuff so that you know when you're making the grooves. Or what, what is it called? The, the the hardware. When you're making the hardware, it's actually exactly you know, what you need. Uh, so you get a dry run of surgery from you know beforehand, uh, you know, digital dry run. You make sure your inventory is there, all the implants that you need in sizes and, and product parts and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, so that makes it pretty nice. One of the other things that we do is uh, we'll take a digital scan and I'll upload that to a designer, a digital, digital designer. And then when I get um, you know all the new teeth back, I can print those out and I can make some custom uh, transfer impressions where I can transfer that information to the patient's teeth. So let's say um, chronic muscle, joint issues, clenching, grinding, sleep apnea, uh, all that kind of combination of patient. Um, maybe taking some medications for dry mouth or, you know, throwing some ADHD stuff there as well. So they've ground all their teeth down. They're all nice and flat in the wrong position. So anatomically, the teeth are all destroyed. They're still there, but they've taken away all the, uh, the anatomy that the teeth need to function correctly without pain, facial pain, headaches, um, and then creating um, neck issues, and then that translates all, all the way down the back. So I can take a digital scan, and I can plan for the, the new length of all the teeth to get them right back where they're supposed to be, and I can print those models of the simulation and transfer it on the patient so they can see before we've touched anything, before we've, we've done some irreversible procedure on them, they can see relatively what the final teeth would look like. Evaluate oh. that as far as uh, uh, postural balance. Almost like a snap on, so they can see it. Kind of. Uh, snap on has to be really thick and bulky. So that usually looks pretty ugly. So, this is a, we, we inject it <laughs> in a liquid form in a matrix, um, a rubber, like a rubber impression of the digital wax up, the digital printed wax up, I guess. Um, and we'll transfer that uh, liquid onto the teeth. And once that material sets, it can clean off the excess. And then they can see what they feel like. Now, the other benefit of that is if you're working with chiropractors, is as soon as we do a transfer, we can send them over to have adjustments done. So that then all of their, you know, the head's balanced, the hips balanced, you know, all that stuff. They're, they're all lined back up. So that if you had an issue because of the bite creating postural issues, then you can test drive and see that, that those can be corrected, right? Right. Because if the occlusal plane is not balanced, you can't get the cervical spine balanced, and you can't get the pelvis and all that stuff balanced. It's, it's phenomenally difficult. If you had a problem with the pelvis, it can move its way up into the back, into the neck, and create some uh, mastication issues or, or make nocturnal bruxism worse. So we use that as far as 3D printing those teeth. One of the other things that we use it for is printing what are called custom impression trays. You know, dentists and notorious for trying to, you know, take shortcuts and all this other stuff. Uh, I want to go cheaper and faster so I can take on more money, right? Well, you spend a little bit more time and do uh, a pretty inexpensive, you know, 
fabricate a custom tray before you're doing impressions for this $35,000, dollars $50,000 case, which makes your impressions phenomenal, which makes the lab love you because you're giving them good stuff, and they're able to turn around really good stuff back to you, which makes it easier for you to deliver for your patient, which that saves you time, and the product looks fantastic. So contrast that with uh, not in my office, and somebody uses a little plastic, crappy, you know, one-size-fits-all kind of tray with a little cheap plastic mesh in there. They fill it up with impression material, and they smash it in there, and they get this awful impression that doesn't really represent the teeth well or the gum tissue or all this other stuff that we have to look at technically. And then when they get the case back from the lab who called and said, please send me a new impression, and then I said, to make it work, and the lab guy says, okay, well, it looked like crap. Then, um, you know, then the dentist is mad because in delivery day, they're grinding, nothing fits, and they're trying to use excess glue to make it work, patch it, and all this other stuff, all because they want to save about $3 worth of custom impression tray stuff. Stupid. Um, so they create. Especially when you're going to get paid 30000 It's yeah. like, come on. Throw out, you know, 10 bucks worth of extra materials or $3 you know, per artist plus a, a backup. You know, it's just stupid. So we can use that uh, 3D printing for, for that stuff. The cool thing about 3D printing ability and digital technology that we're using on a routine basis now is if I have a digital scan of you, when you come in for a cleaning appointment as a new patient and I just happen to take a scan and have a digital record of your teeth, and then let's say you know we see each other every six months or whatever else for cleaning for a while, and then two years from now, you have an accident, you fall, and you knock out your front five teeth, let's say, and... Yeah, that happens. You know, it's awful. And, it, and, that sort of stuff. and then you go and you have them rebuilt and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't look like you. Yeah, pictures, that's okay. It gives you kind of in the ballpark of the shape of the teeth. But if I have a digital scan of you, I can just print your upper model. <laughs> I can recreate your teeth to the exact same shape, size, um, you know, rotations, crowding, whatever. Or we can straighten them or that sort of stuff. I can give you back what you started with. We can get pretty close on color based on the natural colors of the, all the other natural teeth that are present. Wow. You know, so, but if I don't have that, that, that ability from the beginning, I didn't have the forethought to take a digital scan of my new patients, digitize their mouth. If I didn't have the ability to 3D print them and recreate that sort of stuff, and that's not going to happen all the time, but when you have patients that you're able to do that sort of stuff for, they will absolutely tell the world about you. Um, you know, just so blown away at at, uh, at their creativity and, and how you can apply the technology and their benefit. Is that three D printing? Is that in house, or you have like a lab that you outsource to? So I have I have printers in in house. I have three different printers right now. Same company. I have two that are the same ones, and then I have one that's upgraded. So the the, the company called Sprintray, and uh, so I have Moonray uh, S. I have two of those older printers, and uh, I just got a Moonray Pro in. So I'm getting uh, cranked up with that. And I've got some really cool cases that um, I've been waiting on this pro printer to show up so that I can print a bunch of stuff and I'm going to video a bunch of these procedures with people and I'm just going to stick it on YouTube and teach some people how I do this stuff. I thought about doing a course like in my office and charging money for it and everything else. And it's just, man, it takes so much time and effort and everything else. So, so I can cut video and have somebody edit it for me and I can proof it and all that kind of stuff and just stick it out there, you know, and help patients and help dentists and stuff like that. Yeah, that's going to be huge because people are still going to come back and be like, hey, uh, your video was great, but in my particular scenario, I still need some help. You know, what can we do? Yes. They, they can come in and I can do a one-on-one like in office or over the shoulder with two or three people and make it really, really effective. For them, they can really see every step in detail and they're right there with me. 
Um, you know, if I had like 10 or 12, 15, 20 docs in my office and I'm trying to like live cast it with some head, head cam or some crap like that, um, and they can't really see the, the fine detail of what we're really doing, then they lose out on that. So I'd rather have a smaller group, more intimate, and a higher level, you know, experience for them so they can take it back to their patients and do it really well. And they can do that without having to have three printers in their office. They need a digital scanner, preferably. Yeah. Or the ability to send it out to a scanning center to have a scan made. They can do all the design stuff either themselves or outsource it and um, either print it themselves again or they can outsource it. So they don't have to have it, you know, but it makes a big difference in, in your patient's perception of your abilities as well because you're, you're so cutting edge and high tech. And they're coming from an office that smelled and looked like the 70s. Yeah. Or, or that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it's, or they come in for a consultation and they see all this stuff and like, whoa, I've been to three different consultations for $50,000 rehab because they really want to do it right. But they're, they're well informed and they're smart enough to get several opinions. Mm-hmm. And they come to my office and I say, oh, well, let's take a digital scan and we'll design your case and print it out and we'll show you everything before we start. So that there is no questions as far as what we're doing or why. Uh, and you can see what your facial features will look like and how your neck will feel and all that sort of stuff after we're done before we touch anything. It's a smarter way of doing it, and you have the end in mind before you begin. Is there any associations or ways to find you but in other states? If I'm in Georgia, if I'm in New York, how do I find someone that's doing what you're doing? Um, you have to look on um, – so maybe some of the Facebook forums on 3D printing or digital design, that sort of stuff. Okay. Just trying to find somebody who was, who was kind of closer to you. You know, I've been FaceTime with people from, from all over to show them a few things to get them through a couple of steps that they were getting hung up on. That's still pictures or they, they text me or, or message me, little small short video clips. And it was just, it just took too much time back and forth. So I was like, hey, dude, just FaceTime me. It's really easy. So we did that and I see what they were doing. I was like, no, no, no you got to turn it that way and do this and, and they, they did it, and they're like, oh, okay, I got it down. All right, cool, go for it. And then they send me pictures later on, cases that they're working on, and that sort of stuff. So I could see that they got the technique, and, and it was helping them out. So that's why I thought, you know, if I just take some of the unique stuff that I'm doing and I just put it on YouTube, then, um, you know, I could share that with Dennis and stuff like that. Maybe even patients can see it for some reason. I don't know why they'd want to, but, you know, they, they see you as a, as a teacher and, and sharing all of this stuff, especially some of these unique, really cool cases that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can do like a full mouth additive, what's called rehabilitation out of film material, um, an injectable film material, which cost me about 500 bucks total all in. And I can lengthen all the teeth and get the bite really balanced well. They sleep better, uh, they chew better, they smile better, psychology is better. And some of those people with either stretching exercises or Pilates or yoga or a therapist or chiropractor, adjustments, massage, whatever, all that stuff to get back balanced and, and everything else to where they can lead a, a happier, more productive life without having to grind all the teeth down. Because nowadays, people are really health conscious. You know, in the 90s, when a nice smile, you didn't want to do braces because, you know, it made you look like a kid uh-huh. you're an adult. And so they just go, okay, well, we'll make these crown things goes around and over all of your teeth. Change the color, the shape, and you're going to love them. It'll be beautiful. Fast forward to 2018, that lady comes in and she's now 60 and all of her teeth are failing because somebody ground them down with these tiny little toothpicks. Oh, yeah. And so now... So it's it's rehab part due, but you have to add a bunch of implants to them and a bunch of gum and bone surgery to correct a lot of this stuff. And so the, the patient was never aware that their lifetime cost was going to be $100,000, $180,000 or whatever else it was. You know, that's irreversible. You, you, you can't come back from that once you roast the enamel with, with a, a 
drill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got nubs. So I have a technique that I do with 3D printing, again, digital design, and injecting a liquid material for all of these are separated. You floss them, they're smooth, shiny. You chip one, who cares? I can just put that little matrix form back on the tooth and squirt, inject it, and repair it in about two minutes. Really simple. Wow. And you haven't done any any uh, significant long-term damage to the teeth. You actually make them stronger because uh, you're adding a protective shell around what's left. So it's a smarter way to put it. And you can still chew and do everything once you have this plastic. Oh, yeah, you nuts. You need apples or whatever. You know, it's, it makes the existing teeth that you have stronger than what you had when you ground them off. Now, they're not as strong as natural teeth that God designed. Right. But you tore those up, so... Yeah, round two. <laughs> yeah, so, so people that nowadays, like I was saying, are just more health conscious. And so some of these more modern techniques of additive dentistry without grinding on the teeth, or you're just rounding and polishing some corners, uh, but you're not significantly damaging the teeth, then they go for that in a big way because they see that it's longer lasting and it's, and it's less invasive. So when we were, you were mentioning the, the chiropractic and making sure, you know, if you're having headaches, making sure everything's aligned, the, the low back and everything. Was that a relationship that you sought out or was it like a circumstance where one patient came in, they were seeing a chiropractor, they got the, the uh, injection in the teeth and they're like, wow, my headaches are going away a lot faster. And you just kind of put the two together. Like, how did that play out? And is it a, a requisite that they go see a chiropractor when they're working with you or just suggested? How's that play out? Um, it's suggested if, if there's other postural problems. So a friend of mine, his name is Ben Sutter. He's in, he's in Oregon. And he does a lot of this digital bite equilibration um, and adjustments uh, via a piece of technology called a tech scan. TechScan, um, the company itself, they also make sensors for um, a postural position. So you can stand on a sensor, you can check to see how much balance you have right side, left side of your feet, um, and also how much pressure do you have on your toes versus the balls of the feet and that sort of stuff, okay. or your heels. And you can see these patients who are out of alignment, the, the spine is out of alignment, so the balance of their feet, and if you if you if you cover their eyes and close their eyes and just stand there, they'll have what's called sway. Well, they'll kind of just kind of move back and forth a little bit. And they, you shouldn't do that if you're relatively balanced and spine's healthy and that sort of stuff. So anyway, um, so I'm watching this lecture with my buddy Ben, and he's talking about this stuff to where he was able to, after a series of, of computerized, analyzed adjustments, when they squeezed and when they grinded the right and the left, and once you get the bite balanced, the sway improved or it went down to zero or oh. significantly decreased as far as the amount of sway. Also, when he was showing that um, uh, patients would leave, they'd go home, they're tired, and they were just wiped out from this bite adjustment session for a few hours because the muscles have been chronic, muscle spasm, that sort of stuff. And they're grinding and chewing and all sort of stuff for the um, adjustment procedure that they get a really good night's sleep. And then they'd come back and he would analyze them again standing, analyze their sway, analyze their balance of their bite, that sort of stuff. And they would, anecdotally, the patients would say that, man, they just felt better. Their, their mobility increased. You know, the body just felt better, that sort of stuff. Right. So he started making some of these connections. And, um, and so I was thinking about that, and I had just had a patient that came in like the week before, and she was talking about, you know, she was seeing this chiropractor, she came in as a dental patient, and she talked about how she was seeing this chiropractor to help with her headaches and uh, her neck and all this other pain and that sort of stuff. And I remember, 
you know, what her teeth looked like. And it was very similar to this case that Ben was showing with all this stuff. So I, I got back and I immediately called her and had her come in. I did a digital analysis of her and I was checking a couple of things. I thought, holy, she's got the same stuff that Ben was talking about during this patient's case. So I did the adjustments on her and I said, I want you to go back to the chiropractor and see what she says because I knew her chiropractor was down the street. And sure enough, she goes into the chiropractor the next afternoon, so as soon as she could get in, and the chiropractor said, hey, you know, your, your muscle tension and everything else is, is really, really decreased. You know, what did you do? And so she told the chiropractor about our adjustments, and I talked to her about balancing the bite, and it helps to balance the neck and all sorts of stuff. And so the chiropractor called me up and said she wanted to know what I did to her patient. And so we got together, and I was going through all this, stuff, and she was totally blown away. And so now she sends me quite a few patients when they come in and they have real I've kind of I've given her some guidance on how to evaluate patients who have dental problems that are manifesting as a chiropractic issue as far as neck pain, shoulder pain, um, headaches, um, excess muscle tension in the masters, temporalis, and, and all the way down the temporal uh, portion of the skull. Um, and it's kind of simple when you look at these patients. They really got a real square jaw appearance, so the masters are hypertrophied, mm-hmm. right? Now they didn't look like that they were when they were seen in seventeen. These females, especially, and the masters themselves are out past the earlobes. Ah, so that, that's kind of step number one. You see somebody with real square jaw appearance as a female; they are heavily clenching all the time. They're working out those muscles, then they break teeth. Oof. Another telltale sign is if you have them bite down. And smile. Okay. If you don't see any of the lower teeth, you see the top teeth and they're crooked and you see no lower teeth whatsoever, what's called a super deep bite. They're trapped. They can't get the teeth apart from each other. So then they have excess muscle function again in the masters and the temporalis. Usually they're sore in the face and then they have lots of neck pain and they'll have trigger points and uh, SEMs especially. And then back down in the back, the scaling muscles especially, they'll have have a lot of trigger points back there. So uh, if those patients have their bite opened or lengthened to we can see the bottom teeth, either orthodontically or restoratively by adding crowns or whatever else, then um, you can get you know that trap, that system opened up and raised. For the patient feels better, you as a dentist have done better, and then coordinating with the chiropractor, you're able to keep them comfortable through those phases. Those patients, again, who have Heavy massive pull, big square jawed appearance, and you don't see any of their lower teeth, they also would benefit from seeing an ENT. Because most likely they have sleep apnea. Ooh. Sleep apnea causes them to have an increased amount of nocturnal bruxism. They are suffocating because the facial muscle of the mouth closed and the teeth together. The respiratory system wants the lower jaw opened and pushed forward, the tongue off the back of the throat, open the airway so that suffocating person can breathe and so you have this argument back and forth between the facial muscles and the respiratory system so that's where you get all of this excess wear and tear on teeth especially on all the front teeth and not much wear on the back teeth that's an airway problem so that's where you kind of coordinate with an ENT so if they look at the person they especially if they do a sleep study and get a baseline and then we see them we digital scan we plan things. We do an additive from our 3D model, printing stuff I was talking about. 
and then using him as a chiropractor and adjust them to get everything back in balance. And then you can just kind of sit back and wait and see how they respond. Because again, chiropractic adjustments can be reversible because if the posture and everything else is still pretty poor, then the bones in here are going to move back in that poor position, right? So if the teeth are responsible for some of them, then the airway, especially ENT, you know, combination of stuff, is also affecting that, then there's not one of those things that's going to fix that patient. So you can do all the adjustments in the role that you want to. But if the airway and the teeth disagree, then that patient is not going to get better. You're just going to have them on a rinse and repeat, you know, kind of annuity model. Yeah. So if you bring in these other groups, these related people, you may even end up bringing in an orthodontist as well so that you can widen the arches, move the teeth out. That creates more airway space for the tongue for it to come forward. And then you have a dentist like me who lengthens the teeth. That opens the airway space as well. Again, providing uh, more room for the tongue to come forward and more patent airway. These patients, they're going to sleep better. Their metabolism will naturally change without doing anything else if they can breathe better. They'll lose some weight. That'll be better. Your adjustments will be easier because now that'll be 15, 20, 30 pounds lighter and smaller, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and you can get them into a comfortable position and on a maintenance-type adjustment program where they're comfortable. Right. But, you know, if you recognize it as a chiropractor, some of these things, and you recommend the patient to see a dentist who understands these things and can see it and fix it, or knows where to send them if they can't fix it, that's better for the patient. Right. right? So that passes all your ethical tests. Well, um, and yes, you need to be paid for your stuff. So that's good for you. So you can pay your, you know, your lake house or whatever <laughs> your your thing. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, so. It- that's good for you. If I'm a chiro, if I'm a physical therapist, I'm, I'm looking at the, the things that you said, and I'm going to be calling the dentist in my town and start asking some questions or taking some people to lunches or br- di- coffees or something to find out what kind of dentistry that they do so that you can find the one that's kind of matching what you do with the 3D. That's right. And now you got a relationship and you can actually have a conversation. You're like, hey, I heard it on this podcast. What are you thinking? What have you seen? And they might have already come to your same conclusions. And if not, now at least you have a reference to give them to say, hey, you should probably take an hour, listen to this, and let's reconvene in like a week. Because your patients, my patients are going to definitely see some benefits from that. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And, and again, it's a, it's a high-level referral when one doctor is sending it to another doctor for a specific reason that is articulated well, and the patient understands why. If the doctor just says, hey, uh, uh, Sally Smith, I want you to go see Dr. Lathrop over here and have him look at your teeth. Hmm. And that's it. She's going to say, but I have a dentist. Right. See, yeah, I know, but you need to go see this other guy over here. He's going to look at your teeth. (laughs) And she's going to say, but I already have a dentist. You see what I mean? There's a big disconnect. Now, if you say, Sally, I want you to go visit with Dr. Lathrop. I've spent quite a bit of time discussing um, things with him and how he treats patients with a very similar issue that you have. And I believe, in my opinion, that he is probably the best around this area to address these things to get you some comfort and relief. Now, he'll look at um, your bite and how the teeth fit together and how that interacts with the muscles in your face. Okay, so he can do a workup and tell you some of the more specific things 
that um, you know he can do to help you improve, right? It's a whole different type of referral. Yeah. Versus go see this guy for something. Yeah. Or see this guy. He's the best in the area. He can definitely help you with this and this and this that you have so that you will be better. So you're like, okay, great. I'm going to go call that guy. I'm going to go over there. See what I mean? So it works really, really well. And then back and forth the same way. When a dentist sees a patient who has obvious muscle issues, uh, most likely related to their bite, but also related to their posture, what they do, habits, sleep habits, uh, work habit, you know, lifestyle, right? If you're sitting on a computer 18 hours a day, all hunched over and drinking iced tea and not moving whatsoever, you're going to have some posture problems. And it may relate to sleep issues. Or, or dental issues as well. So they, they all overlap. Right, they do. You know, so and then ENT can do the same thing if that's if that's in the realm or combination of, of your referral network. And that's some easy questions to ask because a lot of times people these days, they know if they sleep bad and they know they have sleep apnea. Now, maybe not a younger person, but it just seems to be a, something that people are investigating these days more so than like five or 10 years ago. Right. Like sleep apnea, it's a big buzzword now. A lot of people are looking into it and that sort of stuff. All these sleep centers and sleep dentistry and sleep appliances and CPAPs and all that junk. Right. So you've got this guy um, who's diagnosed with sleep apnea, moderate or severe, and the recommendation is a CPAP, nasal or full face, and he tries to wear that thing that he's never worn. He's 58. It's brutal. You know, yeah, and then there's nothing to wear. So, okay, well, I get it. That's tough, difficult, that sort of stuff. Okay, well, if you're not going to do that at all, why don't you wear one of these appliances that helps keep your airway open? It's got problems with the joint. You know, you're going to dry your tongue and your mouth a little bit. And that's better. And if you sleep better, then maybe you can have more energy. And you can start changing some things to where, you know, you can start losing some weight and getting back being healthy and that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, the gold standard would be a CPAP. If they won't wear it at all, is that better than doing something that might improve? You know, that sort of yeah. stuff. So factors especially and again the ENPs because a lot of stuff is kind of related can make those cross reference uh, recommendations for for a patient benefit very good you know there, there's lots of chiropractors around me that I refer to two of them one who's right down the street um, and then one who's a little bit further away but he's a friend of mine and his wife is actually one of my high tennis and he's fantastic and then there's another chiropractor that I'd actually seen was being treated by for a while and it was just quick adjustments, crack in the back, 40 bucks, you know, here or there for adjustments and that sort of stuff. And there was really no guidance on, hey, I don't want to come back in here. Right. I don't want you to crack my back and my neck and all this other stuff over and over, you know, once a week or every two weeks. And, and his approach just seemed more of this recurring annuity model, which was great, I guess, for him. But I didn't feel that it was really looking out for my best interest. So I didn't think that that really passed fully you know some ethical tests there uh, nice guy i mean i was really happy with him that sort of stuff it's just his his approach was you know, we'll just come back once a week or every two weeks yeah and that's probably what he truly felt that people needed and there are those chiropractors but between you and me i'm just like well we should be able to do more for our patients so they don't have to come often at that often and when you see a different style of chiropractic you're like oh there was more than just that kind of guy out there <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my buddy Darren, I mean, his, his name's Darren Konashek. He's here in Katy. Um, he's fantastic. I mean, he's really good with his patients and that sort of stuff, but he really wants to get them into a better, healthier lifestyle with, with stretching and exercise and that sort of stuff where they're not having to come in all the time. Uh, maybe that's not the best business move, 
versus having you know nine thousand adjustments a day at thirty bucks a pop or whatever. And, but his patients really feel like he's looking out for their best interest, which they then refer a lot of other people to him because they're like, hey, he's not trying to next time. Exactly. So, um, so that's a better way because it pays yourself back. It's the long term yeah. game, I think. If you yeah, want to look at it, they're getting like higher value for what you're doing. They prefer better, higher value patients to you who are looking for that sort of approach, not not who's looking to, to come to you because your adjustment is a dollar eighty less than the guy that's three blocks from them. But they'll drive two miles to save a dollar eighty. In track, real smart. Not 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 so glitch. Hey, before we let you go, what about this no front office? It sounds like a lot of people are cross trained. Give us some of the pluses and minuses of of having a system that way and uh, how it kind of plays out in your office. It might be something that other dentists and other professionals, because there are some clinics in my realm that have lots and lots of staff as well, and maybe they can change some things up, save some money, and have better staff overall as in, in, in the whole scenario. One of the biggest problems that, that can happen in a doctor's career, especially a private office owner, is either turnover from people moving or, or dying, I guess, or getting pregnant, and then they're not going to come back to the workplace, or embezzlement, right? So you can protect yourself from interruption of your business by increasing the amount of cross-training for your team. And I say team as a distinguisher from a staff. Staff is an infection. A team is who you will go to battle with, right? So if you have people who don't trust you or don't like you, or they're just not good people, they will steal from you. Either they will ride the clock and steal from you, they will physically take money from you and put it into some sort of credit adjustment in their account or whatever else, or, or they'll just be pissed off one day and try to steal a vacation from you. You know, like, you need to give me three weeks vacation, or I am going to uh, quit, and I'm the one who knows where all of the insurance claims go and process and yada, yada, yada. I own you. Oh, yeah. I'm a front desk queen and I own you, right? So those are not going to let you want. And you can protect yourself from that um, and insulate yourself from, um, you know, issues and, and stuff like that with people winning uh, or becoming bitter or whatever else by, by just crushing it on your team. Now, the other thing, when you do a desk job, after a while, the minutiae gets to where it's so boring and awful that you get lazy, right? So if they have an ability to do that and the ability to interact with patients, which is why they kind of do it to begin with, then they stay happier and more functional and you get a better return from their hourly investment that you're you're providing, right? Mm, true. So, um, so like Shelby, for instance, she has been with me since the beginning. When I opened my practice six years ago, with no insurance contracts whatsoever, and I've maintained that until this day with a very high competitive market. Lots of dentists moving in out here, that sort of stuff, ever since I opened. So your fee-for-service are cash? I'm an, I'm an out-of-network office. There we go. So we still bill for um, assignment of benefit and all that sort of stuff, try to work within the parameters of their insurance because that helps patients out, but we still get pretty much our full fee. Now, I write off x-rays and some exams and little stuff like that because – doesn't cost me any money to do an exam for me. Um, an extra is just kind of a loss leader, that sort of stuff. I'm trying not to nickel and dime people on things. So if I need a panoramic x-ray to evaluate something and they had one a year ago in another state with another dentist, insurance companies have to pay for it. Well, I'm not going to piss a patient off. I'm going, oh, well, I, I require a $125 x-ray before I can blah, blah, blah. 
just take it. Just, and it's easier to send it and they get paid for it and they don't, then write it off, you know, or adjust it or whatever else. Because, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to retire on x-rays. And we don't hardly get paid anything to do an x-ray. Like if you, if you got paid $125 for an x-ray, congratulations, Dennis, because that is amazing. Like we're lucky to get 35 or 40 bucks from the insurance company for to, to do an x-ray on a spine. It's crazy. Yeah. And those x-rays, you are taking bigger sensor size and all kind of stuff if you're digital or film or whatever else so yeah you know it's just differences in the different uh, categories of our professions i guess but, uh, exactly but yeah it's nice because i do have a brand she's the best on the phones she's the best in person when people walk in so that's kind of where she stands for the most amount of time she's also she takes care of uh, like all the billing receipts or ads for the stuff that comes in she's very organized i could not I could not survive without her organization skills because I don't have that. But if I have a, a patient in braces and we need to take the arch wire off and elastics and all this other stuff so that I can do a filling or whatever else, well, Miranda leaves the front desk. She comes back. And she takes care of that patient, works on the filling with me. She'll take the ortho wire and the elastics off. I'll finish what I need to do. And then she'll put all that stuff back on so that the patient doesn't have to go to the orthodontist get that crap taken off, drive to my office to get a filling, Try back at the orthodontist and all that stuff put back on. You know how mad a mom would be if she had to do that with her kid and it's hot as hell here in Texas? <laughs> yeah. So and we tell them, well, most of the other dentists don't do this. We know how. We coordinate with the orthodontist really, really well. So that's, again, one of those other higher-level referrals to orthodontists. They see one of these patients comes in. They know they're in active treatment. They want that person to come to our office because they know that we know how to handle this stuff all this undue stress and wear and tear on everybody and a bunch of added appointments. So that works really well. And Miranda's happy because she gets to get away from the desk for a little while and come back to the back to do patient stuff. So that's like one of her strong suits. Like Shelby, again, she's been with me since the beginning. She just got back from maternity leave. She was gone for like three and a half, four months. Do you have any idea how detrimental that would be if she was the only one who knew how to do patient financing oh. or any of this other stuff or all my Invisalign stuff that we're doing? And if she was just not here one day, four months, I mean, you'd screech to a halt. So your income as the doctor uh, or your productivity as the office, it's because you are dependent on one person for your for your front desk area, right? And sometimes they quit after that maternity leave. They're like, you know what? I just don't want to do it. I'm gonna, I'd am gonna. i rather stay with my kid. And you're like, oh my yeah, gosh. Right? Like, oh, great. Because these four months, I could have been training somebody else. All right. You know, but, but again, if you, like Howard Fran is behind ministry um, if you hire for personality and train for skill, then those people will just work out better in the long run. But you also have to continually train people. They want to learn new things. They don't do the same crap over and over because they get bored, like I said. So that's where, you know, if I could have had a no front desk at all model, that would have been even better. Like a hotel. You don't walk in and do anything at a hotel besides, yes, I'm Colin Lathrop, here's my driver's license of my American Express. I'm checking in for the next three days. And they look at your driver's license. They confirm that that's your reservation. They swipe the card for incidentals. They give it back to you and say, your room is that way. Thanks for coming in. You know, they don't answer questions about uh, where's the pool on the phone and all that sort of stuff. They don't do all that stuff right there. They have somebody in the back doing that. Um, so, yeah, so if you can split that up to where, number one, you can't be held hostage by a team member or employee that's a staff member really at that point if they're trying to do that uh, you're going to be happier and more productive your team member is going to be happier and more productive your patient says they're coming in they're going to sense that that person is happier you know instead of a pension that they just take their job 
You ever been around those people? Oh, they're brutal. It's so hard. It's so hard to be with those you can people. Tell they're, yeah, they're, they're close to slitting their own wrist at any <laughs> moment. I mean, you're just, it makes you uneasy as a consumer. That's not going to make you want to drop down 50 grand for a, uh, an implant rehab or whatever else if you don't feel like the place where you're at is very warm and inviting. So it still goes back into that front deskless model that you don't have a real dedicated front desk only person. That's all that they do. And then they can hold you hostage if they quit, die, uh, just leave, mad, go off their meds, whatever. Gotcha. So you have backup, you know, and you have overlapping people to where the ship keeps turning, you know, it just keeps the, the machine keeps rocking. Exactly. Because everyone else is wanting their paycheck too, you know? Yeah. And so if the cash flow problem because of a dependency on some office personnel, that affects everyone, not just your personal income. So it's a smarter business way of, of, of insulating your business from, from those issues. Uh, one follow-up with that. When you go to pay someone who's cross-trained, do they overall make more money than if you just hired front staff and, uh, and back staff or team members, I should say? Yeah, they're more valuable. So I reward them for that. But the productivity level is so much higher than someone who's just sitting there and they're like, well, the phone's not ringing, so I don't have anything else to do. Okay, well, let's find some more stuff for you to do. But then the phone starts ringing and there's other things that I got for you to do can't be done because you're having to answer the phone. You know, so people will come in and they will want this office manager position, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Only time you need an office manager is if you have like three offices. You need someone to help you manage those three. Yeah. If you have front desk person, one hygienist, and one assistant, the front desk person is not the office manager. That is just the front desk person. You're still the manager, dentist. <laughs> you own the place. You're in charge. Yeah. Now, if you've got like 12 or 14 employees, swing shifts, all this other stuff, and you're trying to coordinate you know, personalities and, and issues or whatever else, you may need someone to help you with that. Exactly. Managing your office. But most people do not want to be themselves managed. They want to be assisted or guided or part of a team. So, um, you know, there's the traditional hierarchy roles in professional offices, dentist, chiropractors, ENT, medical doctor, whatever, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They're all the same, just different products that we're pushing. They still have the same kind of receptionist, billing person, an insurance person, an assistant person, sterilization person. A lot of persons, and if you don't have a lot of patients coming in to satisfy those, then you make no money as a doctor. Right. Now, if you have a person who can answer the phones, coordinate insurance, collect money, you know, pay vendors for you, that sort of stuff, even another person who can help in the back, you get a lot of work done on fewer patients. And as more patients come in, add more people into the mix, but also continue cross-training them and expanding their skill set because they're going to be a more valuable employee to you long-term, which will cost you far less in headaches and time and money. Or if they move, and you can refer them to one of your buddies and Georgia or someplace, and then go work for him. He calls you. He's like, "Dude, this chick is the best I have ever had. Thank you so much for training her like this." Yeah, that means that you're doing things right. But most people just look in the fill a place, fill a position. You know, here you you answer the phone and book appointments for me and tell people how great our practice is. Yeah, I know you don't know how to spell my last name, or you have no idea where I went to school, or that I even have kids. I'm a normal person, but I want to put you in charge of being the face of my practice. Way to go! choice on that. Yeah, exactly. And we've all been to those offices. Yeah. And the cross training, you bring someone in, in, in a, a lower level position, an introductory position at the back, they can't do very much damage. Um, and then you train, move them up, 
and they become more and more valuable employees. And they move up to different roles. Those become lifelong employees, you know, and then they're greater, better team members, um, and you're more productive, you know, that way. So everybody's happier that way. It just works better. Very so, good. You know, it's just kind of my take on it. In this podcast, we have a lot of doctors. You know, they they're making all this money, and then they end up getting divorced and losing half of it. And so I always say, hey, let's let's address that for a second. You got a wife. You got several children. How are you able to a find a work life balance and b keep the love alive with your significant other so that you can just continue on your merrily way? Um, you know that's a tough one. I mean, I've got four kids. My wife and I have been married for twelve years now, and you know it hasn't been the easiest. You know, back and forth and that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, you have to be able to look and see. What are your deficiencies and what can you fix? Because you're not going to fix the other person. So don't try to do that. Now, I, you know, it's great timing your question because later this week on Thursday, I'm going to leave here right after my IV sedation cases. And I'm going to drive to Fort Worth, which is um, right out of Dallas, you know, four and a half hours away from here. And I'm going to do this program through Sunday with a guy that I know. His name is Jeff Booski. He's a dentist up there in Granbury. And he did this. Um, Wicked Warrior Leadership and like a week-long program or else. And, and it was, and it talks about these, these four fundamental things that you want to look into, your, your faith, your family, your finances, and uh, your fitness. So if you can manage all four of those areas, then you can have a much greater work-life balance. And a lot of those things parallels into to my wife and I, our uh, issues and, and stuff like that as far as you know, she's a real healthy person. Um, she takes yoga and she teaches Pilates, all this other stuff. She'll run on a treadmill for hours. You know, that sounds like I'd rather, I'd rather shoot myself than run on a treadmill for hours and hours nonstop. Yeah, no way. It's like fun to me. But the more I realize that's important for her, if she sees that I'm at least like swimming every day on a consistent basis, I'm looking at my fitness level and that would make her happier. Um, and how I like to swim. So, you know, that makes me happier too. It's really quiet underneath the water of a pool. So you don't have to listen to your kid, you know, crying about I want this video game or I'm hungry here. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice break. So, so you can make everybody happy doing that stuff. But, you know, we don't always have the best examples in life of how to be a good husband or a good father, provider, employer, boss, subordinate, any of those things. And if you, if you can recognize your deficiencies uh, by having them in mind, and seeking out people who have figured it out or are, or are way more on their way of figuring it out than you are, then just copy their stuff. Go find them, talk to them, learn from them. Don't try and read the wheel. So, um, so I'm looking at this program as a new thing that he's kind of starting as a spinoff of one of these other deals. Uh, but he's really good to it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping that it will help give me a better sense of, of balancing those things because – you know, balancing my, my spiritual faith with my interaction with my family, my wife especially, uh, and my kids, looking at my financial outlook for the future, my current situation, you know, debt repayment, investing for the future, all that sort of stuff. And especially increasing my fitness level, that sort of, and having some accountability for that is the best way to do this in your life, yeah. you know? And sometimes you'll do one of these programs for a while, and then you will evolve as a person or as a couple or as a parent or whatever. And you need to seek out another program that will help you fill in some of the other gaps. You can, you can expand on this knowledge that you already have and gain new knowledge. 
or it could be just a reminder of things that you already knew and that you just slapped off and you just quit doing because of uh, laziness or, or not prioritizing it or just becoming a little deficient in your leadership skills. So, um, so you have to seek out some of those programs and that sort of because they're out there. They're in every country, every part of the world, online. Um, you can do them online, I would imagine. Uh, in person, I'm an old school kind of in-person textbook kind of person. Um, it's helpful to actually be sitting there and going through discussion and that sort of stuff. So uh, those programs are there. So anything you're deficient on in life or anything you have stress about or lose sleep over, well, just seek those out for topics and coach or topics, you know, marriage coach, relationship coach, whatever else. Stay with a marriage counselor. You go to those people because you're in, in dire straits. You're, you know, you've been served divorce papers. And you don't, you're like freaking out. You're like, oh, I thought everything was great. <laughs> and you get that stuff. Um, you know, it's not great. So you're in freak out mode. Well, if you worked with a coach early on in your marriage because you don't know what you're doing because you've never been married before, and they're saying, saying, hey, this is things you can do. These are things you can work on. And be more proactive on those things. You'll get a lot happier. You will invest way less money. Because if, if I paid off all my debt and everything else in the next three years, which is my plan, and then I, four years from now, my wife just divorces me, holy, that's a lot of money that I just lost out on. And it's a lot of years of happiness I lost out on. But I'm not, I'm not the model um, husband or, or, or dad. Or, you know, I make a lot of mistakes. Some of them I made a lot more, more than once. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so now I'm trying to be practical and taking this program and committing to it and trying to fulfill those responsibilities to help ensure a better work-life balance for me and for my situation. It'll never be perfect because we're growing individuals and we make mistakes. So, um, yeah, seek out those people who can guide you and help you and who you can have some accountability with and who you will be honest with. And you still have to do your part as well. There's no magic pill or bullet. That's going to fix those things if you have those things going on in your life. So seek out people to figure it out and just emulate them or ask them advice or ask them, hey, how did you learn this? And usually people, by and large, will help you. They'll tell you. And if they don't, find somebody else. They'll tell you. Dr. Lathrop, you just threw out so much good information right there. I applaud you for taking that that step. I'm sure your family recognizes that as well to go out there and, and seek that. That means there's a change in I think is it, if you're doing it now, there's a change in your heart. There's a change in your mind that you're already trying to implement. So that's awesome, man. Um, I think more guys need to hear those type of messages. So I uh, appreciate you being so open and honest with that. Absolutely. How can people get in touch with you, contact you, website, all that type of information? Um, website, uh, Lathrop Dental Center at, uh, com, New York and Katy, Texas. Um, they can contact me via, I mean, Facebook. I'm on Facebook. It's easy to find me. Um, but he looks like an old man on Facebook. Yeah, so I'm be <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> he looks so much older on Facebook. <laughs> it was an older FaceTime thing from a few weeks ago. I, just, I put it up there and then I just got distracted and hadn't had a chance to change it back to a regular picture. So I'll do that um, maybe today if I can get to it. But yeah, Facebook's the easiest one. A lot of people contact me through a messenger. And uh, we have dentist um, and assistant teams that tour through our office to pick up some of the tips and tricks that we do. And that sort of stuff. So we've had lots of visitors do that. You know, happy to help to share um, as long as it doesn't interrupt our workflow for the day because we're super busy. So, but my team is used to that, and it makes them better at what they're doing by by helping to teach and show people how we do things. So, so yeah, website they can see my office stuff. I guess if they want to see that, but if they need to get a hold of me or want to for anything, then, then yeah, just Facebook Messenger is probably the best way. Emails I've got like sixty thousand unread emails. Not a good idea. 
send me more of those because <laughs> they won't get them. So yeah, part of Facebook Messenger would be the best. Thank you again so much. Absolutely. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no needle acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin at a great deal. The resources page has some of the products that I like. It's a affiliate style. So if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, Pure VPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, Prolone Edge or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the Prolone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, five-day plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective. <laughs>